Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hello, everybody. This is Todd Krieger. Uh, What I do is I help couples heal from infidelity, which is going to be the subject of my video today. I also help couples rekindle passion. I help individuals overcome trauma using EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing, which is a phenomenal trauma treatment that I use. Today's topic, I am titling Overcoming Infidelity, an Emotional Story of Reconciliation. So I want to give you uh, one of many of my successful uh, cases I've had with uh, with this this challenging challenging situation of infidelity, and I work with couples, and I have a program called the Infidelity Cure. Those are some of the main ways I reach out to people who have infidelity and and help them have a process where they can uh, heal. So. This is an emotional story of reconciliation. You know, uh, when we're working with these issues, sometimes there are complications and oftentimes there's both people have things to heal, both in the relationship and also before the relationship. So I wanted to give you kind of a meaty couple issue because a lot of times it is that challenging, it is that complex. And yet, uh, as you'll see, they're doing a heck of a good job despite a challenging history. There's a couple that really did fall in love with each other. They came from families where uh, there were some challenges. Uh, I'm going to say his name is, uh, let's call him, because I have to change the title, and I didn't think of a, of, of a name before, so I'm going to call him Peter. And I will say her name is Sandra. So you have Peter and Sandra. Okay, and Peter uh, came from a family where uh, his dad uh, got injured but uh, did his best to really basically raise the two kids because they came from a challenging uh, financial situation and the mom had to work many jobs to make up for the dad not working. And so, um, and money was an issue. And one of the things that this family, uh, different family members did was gamble a lot. It's a little forecasting of what I'm about to talk about. So uh, that that was how it all started uh, with him and his family. On her side and Sandra's side, it was about uh, a family where she really didn't have a, a biological father and her mom was depressed and needy and, and self-absorbed. It, it was really all about mom. And so she was criticized a lot, and basically her needs were ignored a lot. She had to work to take care of everybody else, but her needs came last. So this couple gets together. I'm just giving you a little background on their family because it comes into play. And they really found like that there was a sense that the two of them were a haven for each other after some challenging times. He did have some drug issues as as a younger as a teenager and a younger adult. And, uh, but they did get together and, and seemed to do fine. The problem is he started to slip into a gambling addiction 
And he was, you know, there's also different kinds of infidelity. This was definitely a financial sort of infidelity. He, he really drained a lot of their savings um, and she had no idea what was going on. And when she did find out, she was very angry, very disappointed, very hurt, very angry. Uh, and one of the ways she responded to this was that she, she had an affair. And when he discovered that she had an affair, it kind of straightened him up. And he decided to give up his addiction, and she said she would give up, uh, she wouldn't cheat. So he really changed his lifestyle, which was good. This was before he met me, they met me. And he stopped gambling, but um, she ended up having more stresses in her life. And then what happens is she is, she has a mom who's very critical, and in her life, what happened is she got into a work situation that and, and a few other things I think too but I'm not going to talk forever about it where she was triggered and felt inadequate felt not good enough and then you know she she still had feelings about the gambling and then she probably felt also because she has a she's definitely a person who has a sense of ethics and values she she felt guilty about cheating on him so what she did is sabotage it and she cheated again she actually first, I, I, I got ahead of myself, she actually had sort of an, uh, an emotional collapse, a breakdown. And um, in the period of time where she was healing, she met somebody and uh, had, a, had a, a second kind of affair, infidelity. And so when uh, Peter found out about that, he was absolutely devastated that it now happened the second time. And then uh, she promised to uh, not do that again. And then when the first guy reached out one more time, she planned to meet with him. And then when Peter found out what Sandra was doing with this first guy, even though they hadn't met, that really devastated him again, that she had not given it up. So you can see there was a messiness in that. And of course, there's such a big breach of trust. Her, she, her trust was breached with his gambling and his trust was breached with her infidelity. And then it happened again and then even a third time and, and this is when they seek my help and he was very broken about it very such a state of distrust he, he didn't know how he was going to put himself back together and he was really depressed he put a lot of stock in trusting her after the previous times and when it happened a third time it was really a lot for him so how does this couple go from where they were then to where they are now? Okay. Where they are now, I'll tell you where they are now. And then I'll tell you what some of the steps that the two of them and I did to help. Where they are now is they, he still has triggers. He's not perfectly healed. This is, I started with them in the, Summer of 20, I would say it's probably been about seven months of working with them, maybe eight months. And uh, he still has his bouts of doubt and distrust, and yet um, they're very affectionate with each other and just mutually affect, uh, affectionate. She's really been such a great listener to his, um, to his feelings, to his depression. And he understands and sees and mirrors to her her inner innocence, despite the fact of what she did. 
And so they're having a baby. They're going to have a baby uh, very soon, actually, and very excited about it and really scared about it because it's a big deal. It's their first child. And of course, this was a relationship with her. Uh, they weren't sure if they were even going to be together. They were very close to divorcing, and here they are, more in than ever, and they have a child very soon on the way. So how did they get there? How did They had all the stuff, and he was... He, she was like a breath of fresh air to him uh, after feeling like she, he had been mistreated by other women and she was so good and so there. And then uh, this happens where she cheats on him. Of course, again, the first time was revenge cheating. She felt, she felt so um, pushed aside and discarded, just the same way she felt with her mom, by his his self-absorbed behavior of spending, you know, his, his gambling addiction, and spending all this money, um, that she did that. But then, like I said, there was those repeated ones where she had promised, she promised uh, to not do that again. So it was like, well, I've heard this story before that you, because now you're promising again. So how did they get there? How did they get to this much better place? Not a perfect place yet, not a perfectly healed place, but a better place. And then moving forward. Well, Let's start with her. She, unlike the other times, she demonstrated a really willingness to do the work, to really look at herself, to really uh, see where that was coming from. She did that a lot with me, but even with, with uh, other therapists in the past. She started to take a good look at her self-esteem and it got clearer and clearer to her husband that she really was doing her, the work on herself. It was also the way that Sandra listened to him. She listened and recognized it. She didn't ask him to just get over it and say, this time I'll be different. She got that she had been given several chances and that she had breached his confidence. And she really let him have his distrust and his anxiety without trying to change it. And she got it. And it was difficult. It's the last thing she wanted. She felt terribly guilty watching his anguish about this. This is not a person that she wanted to hurt. And yet she did those behaviors. I mean, people oftentimes will, we're complicated. We have different parts. And there was that part that acted out. But she also demonstrated this really clear part that cared greatly for him. And that even though she sabotaged him and even that part of her that loved him, that it became clearer and clearer that that part of her was the stronger part in just how she listened and shared and communicated and didn't push him. And of course, here's another part, part that I remember that I'm glad I didn't forget, is that before she was going with this one single friend who was kind of immature and self-absorbed, she would go to places with her and leave her husband for a long period of time. Uh, she stopped doing that. This was before pregnancy, before she knew she was pregnant. They, they really knew that they had a lot of work to do, and she demonstrated that. She, she just changed her behavior. She said no to her girlfriend, who continued to say, basically, uh, act like a single woman. And whereas before she would say yes, this time she consistently said no. On his edge of the equation, 
uh, what he did was recognize his own addiction, the gambling addiction, and how that contributed to such distrust on her part and anger. He too was became a really good listener. He worked hard on himself with me and others uh, with his anxiety and with his depression and with his distrust. Uh, he, he practiced being vulnerable when there's a part of him that wanted to shut down. He shared a lot. He shared, he didn't share much earlier. He had those secrets. He shared, he was very open. And I think that gave her more of an opportunity to listen because he was more vulnerable. At the same time, shifting back to her, who grew up in a family where she was never heard, it was not easy for her to be open and share some of her feelings. And she, it became a very honest relationship. She was able to really talk her feelings out about how hurt, how angry she was, how rageful she was, which that's, those are not the kind of conversations they had before. And I've said over and over again with couples that when there's any kind of symptom, including infidelity, the most important thing is to have a much deeper open communication. And they demonstrate that in the session, between sessions, even when they have some dark times where he just started to get into what am I doing, it's going to happen again, and living his life waiting for you know, the, the axe to fall, uh, which was validated by me. You know, you know, what I was doing was, what I did is some eye movement desensitization and reprocessing with him uh, because he was traumatized by these discoveries. I did that work with him. I did some work with her on that as well as her relationship with her mother and uh, helped her recognize her own uh, worth and the importance of setting better and better boundaries with her mother. A lot of times, the, the unresolved issues with our parents enter into the relationship. So we did some of that family of origin work with her, as well as we did some EMDR trauma work with him so that he was less triggered and less he was more desensitized to those memories it doesn't mean that he forgot that it happened and he still has had fears because of the multiple times it happened but he's been able to so much better manage it and and love her and when when they found out that they were going to have a baby his first thought is is it mine understandable fear and it's his and he also felt just an overall fear of the future. So I have helped him with that. I've helped him acknowledge his fears, but not get so caught up in it. So we did some cognitive behavioral work with him too, to see the positive. I also helped him focus on why, you know, all the reasons why this relationship really does seem different. It feels different. It sounds different. They communicate differently. And so they really have worked on this to the point where uh, they're one of the most loving, genuinely loving couples I've seen, even though there's still fear that goes through his body. And, and, you know, and again, I think what makes this good is not only the processing I've done with him, but knowing that she's someone, he goes to his wife for his fears. He's not afraid to tell her, I'm afraid you're going to do this to me again. And she looks at him and goes, she goes, I get it. Why wouldn't you feel that way? I'm not going, so she would acknowledge it, say, I'm not going anywhere. I am not that person anymore.
I, I feel better about myself. I'm settled. And of course, now that we're having this baby, well, I am dedicated to our family. And so it's a beautiful story, to be honest with you. I, I, I've loved watching them grow. And I have total faith that they will continue to grow. And that uh, his, uh, his fear of the future, he has had a tendency to worry even before this whole thing. And probably use drugs to self-medicate and then gambling to self-medicate. And I think he's going to also continue to develop the skills to self-soothe and uh, trust and just rest, just rest. Part of his issue is learning to rest and not try to achieve total certainty. There isn't any in, in, in life when it comes to relationships, but they have such a high probability of making it work that I've been insisting that he practice enjoying it. And I helped her stop beating herself up for you know, what she has done. She's come a long ways. So I just want to share that beautiful story with you. I think that's possible for many couples. And hopefully you could uh, listen to this and learn from this and know that even in this situation with multiple infidelities and they both had different kinds of infidelities, that there is hope. So I have to say for now, this is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.